Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and we got some skelly, skelly stuff for you today. <laughs> Halloween's around the corner, baby. It's Monday. So that means it's to be uh, Halloween festivities be going on everywhere. Kind of sucks, man. Um, Halloween's fixing to be over, essays. It's bullshit. I love Halloween. No, I love this time of year, the spookiness, the chill weather. But that's okay. I got some good old uh, stories today. I got some good stuff. But I just want to say thank you. Our num- I mean, my numbers are growing. The numbers are growing. I say our numbers. Because we're all on this together. I've uh, I've got a pretty good fan base. It's pretty... Uh, Good about listening every Wednesday when these come out. And I want to say thank you. I can't think of all the countries right offhand, but we're being heard in like, oh, God. I want to say 15, 16. I don't know. I'm probably off. But anyways, uh, there's a lot of countries that's we're being heard and they're do- uh, downloading regularly. I want to say thank you to you guys. You're awesome. Keep listening. I hope you guys love the show. So I love it. I think it's awesome, but. I guess I'll uh, quit rambling. That's about it for uh, anything updates or anything. I'm healthy as a horse, so I ain't going nowhere. And uh, that's uh, that's it. Just want to say thanks, man. My numbers are growing. Uh, like I said, I want to hit uh, maybe let's hit try to hit like 500 followers. What do y'all say, guys? Tell your friends about it. Ah. I mean, when the numbers are good, I am getting more and more followers every day. Just want to say thank you for listening wherever you are, ma'am. But all right, let's get it down and dirty with our first scary story. So set the back. <coughs> set the back. Relax. Strap in. Cover yourself with a nice warm blanket by the fire. Grab some coffee or cocoa or rum. And uh, listen to these scary, scary stories I have for you today. All right, our first story is coming to us from right down the road from me off of uh, I-20. Right, it's uh, west of us. About, uh, I don't know, 50 miles from here, I think. Maybe longer. No, it's probably longer than 50, but it don't take long to get there. It's maybe a 40, maybe a 30-minute drive. But anyways, it's right down the road from me. And uh, it's called the uh, Thunderbird, or the Thurber Ghost Town. All right, let's get ready to get scarified. True story of the rise and fall of Thurber, Texas. A mining ghost town with a creepy rural ghost with creepy rural ghost. All right. I've got to turn my light on. Sorry, I'm doing a, a, um, a podcast today, and it's kind of dark. I had to turn my light on so I could see better. I try to keep it dark and creepy, but I just can't do it, man. Okay, science has made phenomenal discoveries with the last uh, within the last 100 years, but even still, some things just cannot be explained. Excuse me. Hmm. I didn't mean to do that in the microphone, guys. Sorry. 
One such ghostly ghostly tale must be among the among those unexplained events. Man, I'm sorry. Let me get my bifocals. I got my regular glasses on, but if I don't see my bifocals when I gotta read this stuff, it don't come out too good. All right. There we go. Okay. Muy, muy bueno. That's good. I like that. Oh, yeah. So much better. Okay. Science science has made phenomenal discoveries within the last 100 years, but even still, some things cannot be explained. One such ghost, ghostly tale must be among those unexplained events as it occurred many years ago in, in a soon-to-be real ghost town, a real Texas ghost town, a place forgotten by the world of high-tech devices, modern uh, modern uh, technologies or modern conveniences in the worries of day-to-day rat race. The place where the place was a small community called Thurber, Texas, located in the far ends of Palapena County of the Palapena County Hills. That's the county I live in, just on the Palapena and Erath County lines. Today, the only thing that remains of the old mining town is a very impressive smokestack, towering next to a row of aged brick buildings in which housed the uh, smokestack restaurant on Interstate 20, about 75 miles west of Fort Worth. And I will recommend that um, restaurant there. I've eaten there a couple times. It's pretty damn good. I like going out there and eating when I get out that way. So check it out. It's called the Smokes. What was it called? The uh, Smokestack in Thurber, Texas. Go check it out. Today, the only thing that remains. Okay. <laughs> okay. During the late 1800s, Thurber was, thri- was a thriving coal mining town. With a population of approximately 8,000 souls. Especially in Texas, Thurber was constructed and owned completely by the the Texas and the uh, Pacific uh, Coal Company, which was was headed up by Robert Dickey Hunter and H.K. Thurber of New York. Okay, so that's how they got the name. I've always wondered that. Hunter constructed the town while he was dealing with the uh, distant Union uh, miners associated with the Knights of Labor, who had been working in the mines there since the mid-1880s. He he, uh, fenced off the property owned by the company, owned by the company constructing an entire town and mining complex with uh, with schools, churches, saloons, stores, houses, and a 650-seat opera house, a 200-room hotel, and an ice house, and an electric plant. The union was not allowed inside. Hmm. They don't like the union. Eventually, the miners... Uh, uh, the miners... Strike ended, and the families moved into the company-owned town. Along with the mines, 
the company's owned and the uh, okay. Let me go back with that. Along with the mines, the company owned the stores that were the towns uh, people's uh, where the towns people would purchase stuff and purchase their necessities with the use of stripes, which are redeemable anywhere in Thurber. In Thurber. In 1897, in 1897, a large brick plant was built as well. Hunter also partners in this enterprise, employed many other uh, types of labor, a stockade armed guard, stockade armed guards, and bar, uh, barbed wire fence restricted labor unions. Peddlers in their uh, un. un unauthorized people from gaining access into the town. What were they hiding? Huh? Where was I at? Hunter retired in 1899 and then a man named William Knox Gordon took over uh, retaining the company uh... Oh. Let me go back with that. William Knox Gordon took took over retaining company uh, company uh, he took over the company in the uh, community. He constructed uh, he he constricted efforts by Gordon to keep the union uh, out of Thurber. Okay, that was his job when he came in to take over and keep the. Uh, Union out of there. Okay. Texas uh Texas failed by nineteen thirteen and Thurber beca- uh, began a union stronghold for the immigrant workers and remained so until about nineteen twenty. By the time locomo- the locomotive was the primary source of transportation it be, uh, and then begin to burn oil instead of coal. Gordon beginning in a uh, being in an uh, being an opportunist discovered the huge uh, huge range oil field, which uh, or the huge range oil field just west of Thurber Mines, and changed the company name to Texas Pacific Coal and Oil Company in 1918. The conservation of the union from the coal to the oil, along with the uh, consistent union strikes, led to Thurber's, Thurber's, uh, Thurber's demise. The need for workers began to dewilder, and many miners uh, moved away. By 1927, the brick plant remained open until 1930. A general officer until 1933, the com- uh, commissary stores until 1935 by 1939 the company basically dismantled most of the town and constructed their uh turned their interest to their to their interest towards the oil fields once the thriving third once the once thriving thurber became a ghost town overnight that's what they say. That's what they say. 
It was in the declining years that an error thing, a weird thing occurred. On a summer night in 1930, 11-year-old Walter Castola and his older brother, Frank, had no encounter had an encounter that that would stay with them for the rest of their lives walter was 82 years old when he shared the store shared the tale shared the tale from the safety of his store within the uh quiet village of, of strawn and strawn's just another town i don't know why they say village but it's another town uh, right down the road from me Okay. Where was I at? See, I set up to say that, and then I lost my GD in place. Uh, come on. Okay, Walker. Okay. Oh, come on. I found it. I had to stop. That's why I don't like getting, sitting, or doing this and then stopping because, yeah, I mess stuff sometimes. Anyway, Thurber's right down the railroad tracks from, uh, I mean, Strawn's right down the railroad tracks from Thurber, Walter said. <coughs> now, this is when he was living in Thurber. I remember that night well. I always have, I always will. A boy never forgets the child, the child forgets the odd things of life and the one that was seriously odd for him. It was the beginning of the Great Depression, which hit Texas uh, Texas harder than most of the other st- other states. Many grown and able-bodied men were out of work and taking any job they could, any job they could find. So it so it was rare that two boys would find work. But they did. Walter and Frank would walk down to a local Mexican restaurant on Saturday nights on one of the few establishments still left in Thurber, Texas. After closing hours, after closing hours to assist the owner with rolling uh, tamales, on one particular night, Walter said, "We was it was very clear with a beautiful full moon hanging hanging." Uh, hanging low upon the summer horizon. The two boys finished their work at the restaurant, and were all, and it was around midnight, and after collecting 50 cents uh, each, wow, that's a day's wage back then, man. They headed home down an old dirt road that uh, went uh, parallel uh, with the side of uh, railroad tracks that that coal cars to the town of that took coal that the coal cars took coal to the town of Mingus a few miles north of uh, Thunder Thurber that was a tongue tire I ain't gonna lie uh, let's see okay Costella said we came I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name up but sorry we came to the place where we left the road road to cross over a fence in order to get to the house. And, okay. 
in those days, many fences had uh, uh, stills, but upon stills built upon them, steps in which one could easily climb up and over and back down without having to climb the fence. We were appreciating the stills when the uh, ghostly thing appeared. Here came this beautiful silver-looking thing. He uh, he went and to he went on to say, "My brother, my brother looked at it, uh, screamed, and ran as fast as as fast as his feet would uh, carry him towards the house. Unfortunately, the law. Unfortunately, he went the the long way." I followed, but was uh, bigger and faster than me and leaving me uh, further and further behind. Once my brother cleared a considerable distance, the ghost, oh, the ghost, he slowed, then finally stopped until I caught up to him. Both of, both of us were out of breath and scared out of our wits one one then one then could only then could we figure oh god only then could we gather enough courage to look at the to look at it but it was uh, already gone the boys going the long way home to avoid the face to face with a uh, specter Immediately went to their uh, father and told him of the uh, frightful event. Walter asked his papa if someone was pulling some uh, kind of prank on them. His father replied, "No, it was so. It was not a prank." He then explained the bo- to the boys that what they saw was something rare indeed, something that very few people in Thurber in the Thurber area have ever encountered. He told them the story of an, of an uh, incident that took the, uh, that took place in Thurber years before when it was a boom, when it was a booming community, a carnival had made up a, have made a stop in the village. And there was a beautiful woman with, uh, with carnival who, who, with the carnival carnival, who would uh, sing with a voice even more beautiful than... Uh, it was just one of the most beautiful voices around, they said. She was tragically killed in a lo- tragically killed by a ro- local resident who had become obsessed with her. The woman said... Avenge, uh, the, the woman, he said, avenges her murder by returning to the haunt of the streets of Thurber. Ooh. After that night, what was that? After that night, Walter said his brother refused to speak of the incident and did not want anyone to know of their encounter with the ghost. Walter went on to say, "If people say, if people say that I did not see a ghost, you'll tell them to come and." Uh, see me i saw it with my own two eyes and i know that and i know what i saw rumors of haunting of haunting floating uh, 
Rumors of hauntings floated in and in and around Thurber, Texas, for a few years. However, Walter only personally knew of only one person who claimed to have witnessed the ghost. The man, friend of Walter's father, told Walter and his family of the uh, night he was walking towards his uh, mother's house, just about the same spot where Walter and Frank was. Frank saw the ghost. He claimed, he claimed on a moonlit night. He came upon the ghost of a woman sitting in these uh, stilts of the fence. He said he was uh, somewhat un uh, he was somewhat under influence of a strong drink when he approached the woman, thinking it was uh, his mother. Suddenly, he said she began to rise up into the air before fading away in front of my eyes. When uh, he then said he'd never sober up so quickly he never sobered up so quickly in his life before since then the uh, road no longer exists pastures was uh, re reclaimed and the uh, fence the fence has been gone for many years as many year uh, many years as many years as has many who may have encountered the specter. Walter unfortunately passed away from his, from the world in 2006, taking any information of the ghost with him. The ghost town of Thurber was once a thriving place, teeming with immigrants, workers, and mostly Italian, Hungarians, and Mexicans. Trying that sounds so racist. Uh, me trying to make a try, them trying to make a living themselves and their families. The great flu pandemic of 1919 took the lives of at least 20 children and several adults in the town. What sickness and what dif uh, difficulties plagued the uh, immigrant town as well. A ghost of Thorough could be uh, just about a anybody. Ooh. So if you're ever around, go check out Thurber, Texas. That kind of sucks, though. It's uh, already old. I mean, it's way past after that story now, and that road ain't even there. Because, man, I think this weekend's going to be a full moon on how around Halloween. So it'd be a good nice to go check some of these stories out. Because a lot of them, you know, start out with, man, it was a nice, cool, moonlit night, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that one was pretty good. But, yeah, I've been through that town, but I've never stopped. I didn't know there was that much ghost activity and stuff in there, so... But let's take a quick break and we'll come back with our last little section of the episode. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there? out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am your co-host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, 
Urban Lake. Unsolved murders, mysteries, uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends. We're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you need to listen to what's what's really really out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm -hmm. We have a YouTube channel, channel, so go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's What's Really Really Out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Now, my next stories are like, I don't know if they're legends or urban legends or real stories or fiction or what, but these are some some little uh, stories you can tell around the old campfire, some little little bits, little tidbits. So, let's get ready to scare you. Our first story is called The Architect's Key. There was once a man named Edward who designed and built his own perfect house. He lived in it for many years until he eventually passed away. A new family soon moved in, but however, they went into the basement where Edward's personal study had been. They would get the uh, feeling that someone was watching them. One day, the father of the uh, new family decided to fix up the old j- and fix up an old jacket. Uh, fix up an old jacket, which which every uh, tailor in town had told him it was beyond repair. So he went down to the old study, laid his jacket on the chair, and then tried to see if he see if there was anything in the old desk that he could help him uh, wouldn't help my to help mend it. Uh, another. Uh, is to use needle and thread to sew it by hand. Uh, but the uh, drawer was locked and he could not find a key anywhere. The next morning he came back down to find the key on the desk. All of the drawers open and his jacket completely, or completely, oh, his jacket completely flies across the room. So, you know, I'm going to, I got to do something. I'll be right back. All right, I hope you all like that first story. That was pretty creepy. I don't know. I need to go back and look. I think I've covered these before. Or, I don't know. I know I did short some short stories last week, so I'm not for sure. If I did these last week and I'm doing them again, I'm so damn sorry. Yeah. But, you know, I had a little I had a little Halloween party this weekend, and uh, little old Steven drank too much of the vampire's blood, and I was like, hung over Saturday and I didn't get a whole lot done Sunday so yeah it's my bad and I'm rushing to get this out for tomorrow so once again let's get back to the stories now we have one called a mother's love some people some people actively go act, actively go out for their uh, go some people some people actively go out looking for ghost encounters and every once in a while they find one when kevin was a teenager he and his friends 
had heard about the dangerous turn on the nearby highway that caused many accidents over the years. It was a new haunting. The most well-known story was of a mother who took her own life after her son had crashed his car and died there. It was uh, it was said around town that her ghost remained at the deadly turn to protect people from ending up like her deceased child. Kevin and his friends decided to put the theory to the test. So at night, Kevin drove his friends out to the highway. When the group... Where am I? Okay. Ah, dang it. Sorry. Wrong way. There we go. I can adjust better and see. Where was I at? Okay. At night, Kevin drove his friends out to the highway. When the group of boys arrived to the turn, they pulled over. They brought a bag of flour with them and proceeded to sprinkle the uh, white powder on the road. The white powder. They're pouring a lot of money out. Um, okay. Powder on the road. The grass in the uh, grass in the car. The idea was to get footprints to prove that the ghost was indeed real. The boys talked back to begin their to begin to take the car around the turn. Kevin accelerated faster and faster, fast faster and faster, and thump. The car came. The car, the car came to an abrupt abrupt stop, as if someone had slammed down on it with their own two uh, hands. They had they immediately got out of the car and saw two woman-sized footprints in the white flower on the hood and on the hood. So they found footprints on the ground and then handprints on the car hood. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. All right, this one's called The Ghost in the Hall. Four young women moved into an old New England apartment together. A month after they moved in, one of the roommates realized that her favorite stuffed teddy bear was missing. The others all said that said they had touched it or the, the others all said that they had not touched it or seen it. Weeks went by and she almost forgot about the teddy when something strange happened. She opened the, the she opened the door to one of the closets they hardly ever used, and there on the top shelf, her furry friend was sitting. All of her roommates swore they had no idea how it how it happened. Now, whenever the uh, whenever the teddy bear now whenever the teddy bear goes missing uh, for a few days, she knows exactly where to find it. Now they say it keeps repeating it. I don't know, guys. I just report the story. This one's called A Voice in the Desert. Two young women in their 20s, or two young men in their men in their 20s, Josh and Dan went on a camping trip together in, in a de, together in a desert in Mexico. They did not take much with them besides sleeping bags, food, and materials for a fire. After they after they cooked their dinner, 
They fell asleep. They gazed up into the uh, starry night sky. The beauty and the peace of the trip were uh, short-lived, however. In the early dark hours of the morning, Josh uh, startled awake by by what sounded like Dan's voice being... uh, or Dan's voice off in the distance. The voice said, Come here, quick, look. Sleepy and confused, Josh got up to to see what he's what his friend was talking about. He heard it again. Come on, quick, come here, look. It sounded unnatural, perfect rep, uh, a perfect uh, imitation or, or wrong thing. It sounded uh, unnatural, a perfect uh, rep- repetition. In perfect repetition, Josh took a few steps forward and then someone grabbed him from behind. He turned around to see Dan with his finger in front of his mouth, uh, warning Josh to keep quiet. They pulled up the sleeping bags and left. They still do not know how or what was trying to lure Josh away in the desert. Freaked out by the spooky story, these hilarious... uh, Oh. If you're, never mind. It was saying if you're spooked out by that scary story, go to this place. Anyways, that was a good story. But, you know, that's a little like a lot of the skin catcher stories. That's a skin catchers. Um, Skinwalkers, a lot of them are like, you hear that too, or they can pitch their voice and change it. Crazy. All right, here's another one. Echoes of the past. A young bachelor at the beginning of his career became became very successful very quick. So he bought himself a house. One morning he woke up to the sound of running water. He rushed into the bathroom and saw the bathtub faucet was running on full blast. He was uh, confused by this. As he lived alone, a week later it happened again. Only this time it wasn't just a faucet. It was all the faucets in the house. Now, that's crazy. The young man called a repairman to fix the pipes and the water damage, but it, but as it turned out, the pipes weren't broken. The uh, repairman, a local, seemed, a local seemed visible shaken by it. What's wrong, the bachelor said. The woman who lived here before said the uh, repairman, she drowned. The woman that lived here before he drowned in the bathtub. It could be her. All right, this one's this one is called No One Steals Twice. Gene went to Gene went to the same convenience store every day after school for a snack. One time she be, one time she became good friends with the uh, cashier or oh, within time she became friends with the cashier, Lucy. Out of uh, courtesy, one day Jane asked Lucy how she asked, yeah, asked Lucy how she would stop someone if they tried to steal from the store, Lucy. And Lucy replied, oh, no. One never steals, steals anything from, from here twice. The store would not let them. Jane was like, huh? You didn't know what that meant, but uh, she dropped the subject. When she went back to the store at the uh, start of the next school year or school week, 
Gene walked into find Lucy talking to some cops. Apparently, a man stole from the store and drove off, but his brakes uh, mysteriously faded, or yeah, failed, and his car went soaring off a cliff. The cops said, uh, "Ask Lucy if she knew what happened." No, I didn't. I don't know. Uh, she said she was shocked, or she was. Uh, she said I was stalked and I was stalking the uh, back room. And did not even know that he'd came in. No one ever uh, steals twice. If you are looking for... Never mind. No one steals twice from this story. Because apparently you steal once. It comes back to get you. So nobody steals. So that's a good lesson. Lesson. Don't be a bunch of thieves and stealing stuff. This one is called When the Candle Burns. Three little girls were having a sleepover one night. When they decided to try... To host a uh, seance. One of the girls, Carla, recently lost her grandpa and wanted to see if she could uh, communicate with his spirit. The three girls gathered some candles and a few items that belonged to the uh, late grandfather. His watch, his cigar case, and a uh, photo of him. The girls had the girls held hands and started the seance. Suddenly, the candles begin to flicker, and the hands on the watch begin to spin. Carla was sure it was her grand. She Carla was sure it was her grandpa. She began to uh, talk to him and ask questions. When all of a sudden, the can the candles flew as if someone invisible, some invisible force. And had almost hit her in the head with the uh, stuff. Grandpa would not have done that, she said. Shaking, she was uh, right. So, uh, that's another reason right there, kids. Don't play with them fucking Ouija boards. They'll come back to get you. Well, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Sorry it was a little short. I could probably read a little more, but... Man, past two days have been busy as hell. But you guys have a great, great Halloween. And hey, man, sorry if I screw up sometimes reading and I sound like, like I said, stuttering stain trying to read over here going. So just want to say thanks for that, guys. But thank you guys for listening. And I hope the show is great for you. Happy Halloween. You guys be safe. Be real. We will see you later. And guess what? If you've been listening to this, you've been listening to ghost stories told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth. <laughs> this has been a podcasting, a booth podcasting production. See you later, guys. Bye.